You are listening to the Hatridge Sermons Podcast, recorded live at the Brownstown Community Church. The following message is presented unedited as it was delivered during Sunday morning services. Here's this week's sermon from Brother Billy Hatridge. We've been discussing what it means to be all in, about what true discipleship Christ looks like in our daily lives. We talked about being mentally all in, about spending our time reflecting on the scripture and the gospels, about allowing God's wisdom to direct our lives and the decisions that we make. We talked last Sunday, or um, well, we weren't here, but, but last Sunday the message was about the importance of being physically all in about using the bodies that God gave us in service to Christ, about how it's not just enough for us to sit back on our couch or in our recliner at home and contemplate God and pray to God. We have to actually be living a life worth living for Christ, whether that's coming to church, physically opening your Bible, loving your neighbor, serving your community, that God gives us gifts and that He's he's made each and every one of us for a purpose. But regardless of whether we're mentally all in or or physically all in, None of that matters if we're not spiritually all in. I left the best for last, so to speak. But, but we understand, of course, that this life that we call a Christian life is a spiritual one. It's a very spiritual one. And part of this whole series, this whole month I've been talking about being all in, is the understanding that we are not just to be spiritual children of God, but mental and physical as well. A lot of us, we use comparisons and we talk about the church being like a spiritual gym. You know, we go to the the gym to get physically strong. We go to the church to get spiritually strong. We go to school to be, you know, intellectually strengthened or, or, or improved. But the truth is the church shouldn't be just reserved for our spiritual health. It should be reserved for all of the above, right? It should be an enlightening experience, an intellectual pursuit, a a physical action that we carry out. But all of these things that we do in service of God follows the Spirit. It follows our soul. Our soul is the guidance, uh, the guiding factor in our lives as Christians. Because it is our soul that is the reflection of God in our life. God looked down at the earth and said, let us make man in our own image. And whether or not God himself as the, uh, the divine has two eyes, two legs, and two arms, but we know that it is our soul that is a direct reflection of his image because it is his soul that he breathed life into Adam. But we're going to return to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Again, we've been back in this scripture each and every Sunday, but we're going to look at another element of being all in. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it states, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Talking, of course, about being physically all in, about using your physical bodies that God gave you to work for Christ. The second verse continues, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And there it is in verse 2, the mind, about being all in mentally, about allowing the Spirit 
to transform your minds and so that you are better able to discern the will of God in your life. But verse 3 continues. It says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. And he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So those last verses there, verses 3 through 8, it talks about the spiritual gifts that we are bestowed upon, that we are given by God in His service. And it makes it very clear that the Christian life is not a one-size-fits-all deal. It doesn't say that if you are to be a follower of Christ, you have to be a minister and get up every Sabbath and, and preach from the gospel. It doesn't say that. It says that each and every one of us individually have been given different gifts, different purposes, different reasons for being, and that it is in service to God that we are to bring those out into the world, that we are here for a very specific purposes, to be one body in Christ. Your heart does something very different than your spleen or your liver. None of these organs, none of these parts of your bodies do the same thing, yet all of them need to be operating and doing what they were designed to do in order for the body to work properly. We've been talking a lot about all these people we know in our lives who are sick, who are injured, and you see the, the domino effect that happens in the lives of people when one organ starts to mess up, or one body part starts to have ailments, or an illness strikes, and then one after the other after the other. And think about how, how beautiful that illustration is about the body of Christ being like the body that we have. When I worked in adult rehab, I saw it all the time. Somebody injured a knee or, or they had a stroke, and what happens is the other parts of the body have to work double time to make up for that. Anybody who's ever had a knee or hip replacement, there is almost 100% certainty that in the future they have to get the other one replaced as well. Because during the healing portion of being off that leg or hip, that other leg has to work double, has to carry all the weight. They can't weight bear on the right leg anymore, so the left is carrying all the weight, and it degrades over time and needs replacing itself. Why am I saying this? Because that's what happens within the church when we do not carry our own weight, when we do not do the purpose that God has put before us. The other people within the body of Christ have to do more than they were made to do. And we're seeing that right now in society as well, right? We have a labor shortage, and what you're seeing is that the people who are willing to get up and go to work and do the job are being stretched so very thin that they're at their breaking point because not enough people are stepping up and doing what has to be done. And we see that with churches. We see that within Christianity as a whole. Of, of more and more people are willing to sit back on their haunches and say, you know what, I'm going to let the ministry team handle the church. I'm going to let the pastor do, or I'm going to let the ministry team do, and I'm just going to come on Sundays and listen and go home and do nothing else. We have to understand, of course, that, that all of us, we have a purpose in the body of Christ, and those purposes are very, very different. 
Not every one of us has been called to minister, has been called to preach, has been called to baptize. It lists several things here. It lists prophecy and ministry, exhortation. It says, he who gives with liberality. He who gives. That's not even like a spiritual gift. That's just saying that if you're bountiful, if you're, if you're wealthy, if you have been gifted with a lot of excess, you are being called to give that with liberality. Sometimes it's just enough to lend your resources or your time or your money, and that might be your purpose in the church. He who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Think about that. He's listing out all of these different gifts. Prophecy and leadership and, and giving. And then he just says, shows mercy as a spiritual gift from God that we can carry into the church. We have to understand why we're here, why we're serving God. We have to understand the opportunities that he presents for us. Whether it's getting up here and playing the piano, whether it's helping to maintain the food pantry, whether it's just taking care of the administrative parts of the church and trying to get people to climb under the, the building to make sure the water and the electric's working, all of us have a purpose in this church, in this thing we call the body of Christ. And so to be all in spiritually, it means recognizing those spiritual gifts that Christ has given us, God has formed us around. Because consider that for a moment. The Psalms, it tells us that He handcrafted us in our mother's womb, right? We talked about that last week. We, we, he has formed us around the thing we call a soul. Our souls were first. And these things that we call bodies and minds came second. So He took us, the gifts that we have, the things that make us unique. There's nobody else like Janice Penny in the history of the world. For the next million years, the next billion years, there will never be another person on this planet like Janice Penny. What a miracle that is. How, how, how in, in impossible it is to wrap our minds around the idea that there's seven billion plant people living on this planet right now. Seven billion. And there's nobody else like you. You're that special. You're that unique. And you were made that way to serve God in all the capacity that you can, to be all in in His teaching. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8, it talks about what it means to, to fully give ourselves over to Christ, to fully give ourselves into this thing that we call service for Jesus. It says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Verse 9 continues, Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body of the dying... Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. 
For all things are for your sake, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving and abound to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. What Paul is writing about here in 2 Corinthians is the idea that we are going to suffer in this life. That there is always going to be suffering. Regardless of your faith, regardless of, of what God you pray to, you're going to suffer. But, he says, we suffer so that we can bring Christ into our lives, so that we can manifest the life of Christ in our own mortal flesh, he writes. Think about the power that is, that we are trying to, to make not just one Jesus on this earth preaching and teaching the message and, and healing people in the street and, and showing mercy towards others, but it is our job to make seven billion Jesuses each and every one of us devoted to his teaching, devoted to his calling, devoted to his life. Think about what the world would look like if all seven billion people lived like Christ, a true Christ-like life, a life of service, a life of sacrifice, a life of mercy. That's the vision that God has for the world, that we as Christians should have for our community, our state, our country, and the countries beyond our borders. We know, of course, that that's impossible, that we can't snap our fingers and make that happen. But we also need to understand that that is the mission being pressed before us, to help others find Christ. Because we have to understand that when we see God in another person, that is the Jesus in us seeing the Jesus in them. It's a beautiful story that uh, we had visitors at Brownstown some time ago, and she was telling me this story about her son and he was staying at a monastery up in Indiana somewhere and and he was trying to get out and trying to leave but there were bus issues and then he couldn't get a taxi to come pick him up and he was apologizing to to the monk for for overstaying his welcome and all these things and and the monk just kept smiling and said it's okay because the Jesus in me sees the Jesus in you and it was such a beautiful story that idea that that's what we're supposed to live like even the people that get under our skin, even the people that get on our nerves, even the people that we roll our eyes every time their name is mentioned, there is a part of Jesus in them. And that when we go all in for Christ, when we are truly accepting of His power and His guidance in, in the things and the actions and the decisions that we make, we have to live accordingly. To love others as if that was Jesus standing before us. And to love others as if it was Jesus standing before them that those are the decisions that we have to make. He tells us, of course, that the reason we focus on the unseen, the reason that we as Christians focus on God and mercy and salvation and all of these immaterial things, you can't point to salvation. I can't come up here and set salvation down on this table and show it to you. I can't do that with God's grace. I can't do that with anything. The only thing I have is the Bible, and even the Bible was printed at a printing press somewhere in you know the states or china or wherever our bibles were printed right everything that we are truly focused on is unseen the scripture is just the history of those unseen things but what it's telling us is that the reason we are focused on the unseen is because it is the unseen that is eternal and everything that we see with our own two eyes is temporary everything 
the bodies that we have, the church that we stand in, all of these things will be gone. I was reading about this uh, artist over in China and he has this art piece and it's a short little video clip of him and he's got this vase and it's from one of the dynasties some 3,000 years ago. It's like a 3,000 year old urn and he's holding it in his hands. It's this, this priceless artifact. Then he just drops it and it shatters on the ground. And his point he was making was this vase 3,000 years ago was nothing more than a piece of Ikea furniture. The only thing that gave this thing value was time. But we have made artificial significance for this priceless artifact that was nothing more than a clay pot you'd buy at the Dollar Tree some 3,000 years ago. And his point was that we have become so focused on the physical stuff and trying to preserve the physical things that we lose sight on the more eternal things, the unseen, the histories, the people. So as we strive to figure out what it means to be all in for Jesus Christ, about what it means to be a true disciple, and we try to figure out how we're supposed to live, we need to understand that we have to look in here, first and foremost, where Christ resides in our hearts to trust in Him, to focus not on our desires or on the wants in the world, but to focus truly on the serving of, of Christ Jesus, on, on carrying out His will, allowing our minds to be transformed by the Spirit so that we can discern the perfect will of God. Speaking of, of China, I was, I was reading an article about Buddhism. And Buddhism is not a religion per se. It's not a worshiping of a god. In fact, the Buddha is just a philosopher as far as they're concerned. But, but there's a lot of debate as to whether or not it's compatible with Christianity. And I'm going to get to the reason why I'm mentioning this in just a second. But it's important for us to understand what I'm getting to here. There's the four noble truths in Buddhism. The first is that there's always going to be suffering. The second is that we suffer because we have wants. The third is that if we can bring ourselves not to want things, we won't suffer. And the fourth noble truth is that we can attain this through meditation and all those other Buddhist practices. But there's a lot of debate saying that you can't be a Christian Buddhist because Buddhism is all about looking inward. It's not about going to God. It's about finding the truth in your own self. But there's a whole other category that says, well, hang on. Because we as Christians, when we turn and look into our own truth, into our own selves, and look and reflect on our own souls, the souls that we call ourselves are a reflection of Christ and God. And it's by reflecting on that part of our identity as Christians where we find truth, where we find peace. In Buddhism culture, they call it their selves, but in Christianity, we recognize it as a part of God Himself, as Jesus Christ living in our hearts. And I think about that too, because you know, part of the whole Zen Buddhism mindset is saying, I'm going to be happy with what I've got. I'm not going to want anything. I'm just going to be contempt with everything that's around me. And the scripture is telling us too, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Look at how much of Paul's writings is about the idea that if you are just simply happy with what is in front of you, you can live in this suffering world. 
but it is through our own desires that lead us towards a lot of our suffering. And so when we go spiritually all in for Jesus Christ and we say we are giving our souls over to Him, the only thing we should want in our lives is the will of God. That's it. That's it. That's the only thing that we should desire. Now, living that life truthfully is difficult. There will always be times that we want things, that we want people in our lives, we, that we want to not suffer, that we want to get a good night's sleep, that we want the dogs outside the window to shut up for five minutes so we can fall asleep. We have our wants and our desires, and they come up all the time. And think about how many times we have suffered, spiritually speaking, and think about how many times those sufferings are a direct result of our personal wants. So when we give ourselves to Christ, when we find salvation in Him, it is a sacrificial life. Christ, my life is now yours. You tell me what to do with it. It's not mine anymore. I'm not making decisions for myself anymore. You are guiding every footstep that I take. And that is what it means to be all in for Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank You. Lord, we thank you for the scripture. We thank you for your lessons. We thank you for all these wonderful writings of, of Paul, Lord God, that, that shows us what it means to be disciples for Christ. Lord God, we just pray right now that you help each and every one of us recognize our spiritual gifts, recognize the power that you have put in our lives to serve Christ, and that you give us the courage and the strength and the wisdom to live those lives, to put those gifts to work for you. Lord God, we pray that you allow us to be just filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we focus not on our own wants and desires, but on your will, your will for us, your will for our neighbors, our churches, our communities, Lord God, that we live our life in service to you, service to our shepherd. Lord God, we pray that you forgive us for our sins, forgive us for our selfishness, forgive us for all the times that we put you in the back seat so that we could drive our lives where we wanted. Lord God, we just pray that you continue to remind us that you are the architect of the world, of the cosmos. And that is your will that we should seek out each and every day of our lives. Lord God, we pray once again that you just surround this church with your spirit. And we pray all these things in our shepherd's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Hatridge Sermons podcast. Please remember to rate and review this show, and be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Sharing this episode on social media and with others is one of the best ways to help the show grow, and to help God's message reach even more people. You are always welcome to join us for in-person services if you ever find yourself in Southwest Arkansas. The Ben Lomond Cumberland Presbyterian Church has services at 10 on Sundays, and the Brownstown Community Church has services immediately after at 11. You can find more information on the churches and Brother Billy in the show notes. Be sure to tune in next week for another message about what it means to be all in for Christ Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you always.